0: (laughs) all right we're gonna go ahead and try and get started since uh we went long this morning for for good reason uh i always you know i'm torn because i want to give the time for worship and and what we were doing today especially but i also want to get through class um so my my goal today was to get through uh chapter 20 and then next week we'll wrap it up with 21 and 22 is kind of the, the final vision um so we'll see what we what we can do i'm actually going to be gone next week so i'm going to just uh record my lecture and and have you all watch it i know that's not ideal but i figure at the end of the book uh, i don't want to pull up make somebody do that as a guest teacher so um we're in chapter 20 where we kind of introduced it last week we're going to be talking about this idea of the millennium which is mentioned here it's just three little verses but this becomes central to so many different uh, end times theories And so I want to make sure we're putting the right weight on it and also see what are some different ways we can understand it that, again, fit with the rest of the New Testament uh, and not see this as something that's completely in left field. So a question to think about is, you know, if the millennium is about basically about Christ reigning, well, is Christ reigning, is Christ coming to his kingdom right now or not? You know, you can look at all these passages here that talk about that's basically what the ascension is. When the Christ ascends into heaven, that's Christ taking, in a sense, the seat on the throne at the right hand of God and uh, establishing, establishing his reign over the, the principalities and powers, as Paul will often say. And so it's kind of this already and not yet, right? That Christ is already reigning, but obviously you look at the state of the world, it's not yet fully how it should be. And so I think that should be in mind as as we're talking about this and how we participate in it. Um, And just again, there's a different sense of time, right? Revelation often says the time is near, the time is soon. Well, that's just saying we live in the time between the resurrection and the return. And it's uh, however long that is, that's what that time is. So uh, I'll just read here from the beginning of chapter 20. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, holding in his hand the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain. He seized the dragon, that ancient serpent, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years and threw him into the pit and locked and sealed it over him so that he would deceive the nations no more until the thousand years were ended. After that, he must be let out for a little while. And I saw thrones and those seated on them were given authority to judge. I also saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their testimony to Jesus and for the word of God. They had and those who had not worshipped the beast or its image and had not received its mark on their foreheads or their hands, they came to life and reigned with Christ a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. Over those whose the second death has no power, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and they will reign with him a thousand years. And then uh, the next few verses just talk about the defeat of Satan after that that time. Uh, so we've already dealt with the, the beast, the false prophet, but the dragon is the source of the power. So that's really where we need to focus. Um, and so even this idea of a thousand years, a millennium, as we've seen through, uh, through Revelation, numbers are less about like the literal number and more what does that represent. And a thousand, what we typically see is just uh, means a lot, right? So it's this... A long time, uh, but it could be. I would say it's probably more an indefinite period than a literal 1,000 years. Um, tends to be how it's worked. So what makes this stand out is it seems to talk about a like two-stage resurrection, which is not what we find through the rest of Scripture, especially in the New Testament. Um, and so when something's inconsistent like that, we think, okay. Is this something totally different is this just new information or is it fit in in a, a different sort of way and many theories right we don't have time even if we had the normal amount of time we wouldn't have time to get into all the theories about the millennium and pre-millennialism and, and those sort of things uh, but a lot of these concepts are also connected with the idea of the rapture which is also really not biblical and it's more of a recent idea that's come about um, and so a perspective that I think is helpful to understand about this is again, think about the idea of Christ reigning now, and that this is somehow pointing towards that. Um, You know, this idea of Satan being bound. I think of what Jesus himself says in Mark chapter three, where he, people are questioning him about what he's doing uh, against, against these unclean spirits. And he talks about binding the strong man so that he can uh, take his stuff. Right. And so it's Jesus himself talked about uh, he was binding up Satan so that he could uh, claim people back. And he says here that the nations are no longer deceived, right? Nations, uh, that's the term sometimes is actually just translated as the Gentiles, right? That's how Jewish people thought. There's the nations and then there's us. And so you could read that as the nations no longer being deceived as a way of talking about now Gentiles can come in and be a part of the people of God. Um, and again, it's still looking forward to the final defeat of Satan. And yet, uh, God through Christ through the spirit is, uh, having more power and voice through, through creation. So that that's a way, uh, again, it's not about how long things are going to happen at the end. It's, it's a way of talking about what is happening now, um, and what God is doing through that. Um, now another thing in this, that's a little bit tricky is you have this little chart there in your handout of he gives these two pairs of uh, the first resurrection and i guess the second resurrection and then the first death and the second death but he only describes two of them right so he mentions the first resurrection in verse five and then the second death in verse six and so i'm just kind of filling in the blanks here of okay well if there's a first resurrection you must be implying a second one and if there's a second death there has to be a first death Uh, And figure out what is this talking about. So this first resurrection that he mentions here, uh, which is what happens during the millennium, it seems, is I I think this is a way of talking about when uh, those that are in Christ go to be with Christ before Christ returns. So it's this sometimes we talk about this is the intermediate state. What happens to the dead between the time of earthly death and Christ's return? I think that's what he is talking about with his first uh, resurrection. So it's those that are in Christ being with Christ till then. And so then the second resurrection, which again, he doesn't use that language, is probably what most all the rest of scripture talks about as the resurrection. Right. When we uh, Christ returns, a creation is remade and we're uh, restored to these perfected resurrection bodies. And so that's what most people in scripture are talking about with the resurrection. so again, unless there actually is two stages to resurrection, that's how I, I would fit what John is saying into uh, the way the rest of the New Testament talks about it. And so then with the first and second death, well, the first death is just the, the normal human death that we all are going to experience. And then the second death is, uh, as as he's talking about through here, it's that being thrown into the lake of fire, the, the final destruction or final judgment. Um, so it's uh, another form of, of death, right? So no one is experiencing that yet. That's what we're waiting for the final judgment uh, for that um, second death, as, as he calls it. Okay, so that's a lot, and I'm trying to go through it even faster than, than I would normally, uh, but the key to focus is on is what is emphasized here is that Christians will reign with Christ, that we will be with Christ if we're faithful uh, then we're we're left we're not going to be left behind. We're going to be part of uh, what God is trying to do, right? From the beginning, God's destiny for humanity, the reason for our creation, is to lovingly rule over creation or care for creation. And so, whenever Scripture talks about humanity reigning, I think it's still pointing back towards that. It's not about lording it over, as Jesus Himself says, that's not what we do, uh, but to have this responsibility. And we're finally going to be able to do that without sin and death weighing us down and making that difficult. Um, so why not start doing it now? Right? I think that's the call. Um, we be a part of this now. Okay. Any uh, Anything to clarify or questions or rebuttals? As us uh, move on from that. All right. It's probably the fastest discussion of the millennium ever. Uh, you can talk to me more later afterwards if you want to talk about premillennialism and post-millennialism and Uh, what is the Bible. (laughs) What do people think? All right. Well, let's look uh, with the last few minutes we have at the final judgment here in 11 to 15. Then I saw a great white throne and the one who sat on it and the earth and heaven fled from his presence and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead great and small standing before the throne and books were opened. And also another book was opened, the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works as recorded in the books. And the sea gave up the dead that were in it. Death and Hades gave the dead that were in them. And all were judged according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. So he's explaining that metaphor from earlier. And anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Uh, So this is a... One of the biggest judgment scenes, even though we've kind of seen this through the book already at different times, but it's just these uh, kind of crazy, impossible images, right? Heaven runs away. Death is killed somehow. Um, But what I think is really emphasized is that no one avoids judgment, right? Verse 13, all are judged. And so uh, we want to figure out, okay, how does this work if we're not just talking about, you know, the the non-Christians, the one that got the mark or follow the beast, uh, but Christians as well. I think the key is when he talks about the books. And so, put together a little visual aid here. First, he talks about the set of books, right? And these record the works that everyone has done, whatever each one of us has done, and that's going to be part of our judgment. And then, along with that, though, we also have the book of life, right? And a lot of time on these, so everybody appreciate. Uh, But (laughs) you see that these are separate, right? The the books that talk about what we've done in our life are separate from the book of life, which are those who are in Christ, who have committed to the way of the lamb, um, who have been baptized, however you want to talk about it, right? He doesn't say the process, he's just saying there's those who are in the book of life. And and so this is the standard for who is going to be a part of the new creation, and yet the works still matter for everybody. You know, this is something, again, we we don't have time, have time for the discussion, but I'm sure we've had it before. How do you balance grace and and works, right? Does it matter what we do if we're Christians? Well, I was saved, I was baptized, so everything is fine. It doesn't even really matter what I do. Uh, or, well, it really, even though you got baptized, you've got to make sure that you meet this standard of, of living. Otherwise, you might, may not make it. I think this helps us understand that, no, our salvation is in Christ, and that is not dependent on us. It's grace all the way. And yet our works still matter. Uh, I think 1 Corinthians 3 is also a good picture of this where he's talking about, you know, what did you build with through your life? Did you build with gold and and you're building things that are going to matter and last? Or did you build with straw? And when this day comes, that's all going to get burned up and you'll still be saved, but only through fire. Uh, I I think it, it gets us away from this idea of just in or out or pass and fail. Uh, to help us see that yes we can trust that we are we are okay we are safe and yet God still has things for us to do and in this day of judgment is going to say something about that and, and not just in a negative way we tend to think of judgment just as negative but it may be there are some things at, at judgment day where God is like hey you know that little thing that you did that thing you said for that person here's what happened because of that and right this is I think the beauty of, of the kingdom and what Jesus so often talked about is these small acts of love and grace and generosity and whatever it is, if it's through the spirit, we don't know how big it can be. And so judgment is going to reveal that. And that's, that's going to be a beautiful thing. But then on the other side, even for us, there may be some things like, hey, you know, when you acted like this, this is, this is some of the effect of that. And that may hurt a little bit, but it's, it's part of knowing. Right. And so to, but to separate that from whether or not we're in, uh, I think is important. And it gives us there's still weight to what we do. And this life still matters. It's not just a test to see where we end up. Uh, but um, this is this is what I see is central to what Jesus taught. And and the reason for the gift of the spirit is that we're here for a reason, uh, not just to escape, but to do what we can to transform this world. We can't do it all by ourselves. That's another central idea through revelation that we are still waiting for the return of Christ to make all things new and yet that's where the story is going how can I be a part of that story along the way um, you know one of the other ways to think about this is you know when we get into the new Jerusalem is it going to feel like home or are we going to feel a little out of place uh, you know and, and so how we live I think it, it maybe has to shape whether we're gonna feel like we fit in there as much or not, right? We're still all welcome, um, but if if right if love and and joy were not a part of your life really at all in this life, a place that is defined by love and joy, it's I don't know you're gonna feel a little bit weird there. So that's why it's I think important for us to to work towards that now. Um, I don't know. This is still all very speculative, right? Um, it's one of the reasons I love the book, The Great Divorce by C.S. Lewis. Some of us read that last year because that's the idea, right? That, that for people that aren't prepared for this, this place, even the grass, it's all too real, right? So the grass like, hurts your feet because it's even more real than what we think of as, as the world here. And so we're preparing ourselves for that. Um, but again, it's, it's about do we fit in with this way of love or not? And the more we can do that now, maybe the more we'll feel at home there. again speculation about what heaven's going to be like it's always uh you know these are just guesses but again i think this is why it's important for us to see it does matter what i do here it it's not about getting in it's about being the people that god wants us to be Um, and so then he talks about the lake of fire as those who who you know don't want to be a part of life if you reject life well then all that's left is death and um We'll probably have to talk about this a little bit more next time but um the the lake of fire is right it's these things don't fit into the new jerusalem i'm just using the language that that, that he uses here of, of heaven um but you know there's this open question we'll talk about uh, of, of well where is the hope even in the midst of this but the point is some things don't fit right and if you're clinging to that if that's more important to you, if your grudges are more important to you, if being right and keeping your stuff is more important than experiencing life, well, then what is God going to do? God doesn't force anybody in, um, but God is is calling people in, and so that's that's where this lake of fire comes in. Uh, and again, it's you know take it as a metaphor because death and Hades are thrown into the lake of fire, right? So uh, we still want to take it seriously, but but see, it's it's not really actually just fire uh, if how do you kill death right? it's one of these these things it's a mystery and yet it's a way of saying all that's not right all that doesn't belong in God's creation that's made new and made good fully those things you don't you're not gonna have to worry about them anymore right it's an image of, of finality and and that it too is is good news that we're not going to worry about uh, all of these negative things someday all right well only five minutes after our, our normal time I don't know if they're gonna the other classes so uh, what what uh what do we need to talk about before they ring the bell on us uh, any questions about uh, the judgment side of it or are the ways you think about judgment and uh, works and grace yeah um, the, uh, I believe that uh, I, if, if we accept God's grace you Changes is brought about in us um, and that's reflected in, in what we think and what we do mm-hmm. and how we respond to things in life. So uh, I I see that as the connection between, uh, you know, your name and your book of life and how important your works are. Mm-hmm. Because Ask yourself if you if you are truly accepting God's grace, has that changed you and mm-hmm. how do you go about your daily life? Yeah, we we hope that it does, right? Yeah, sanctification is a good word, the process of being made holy. Unfortunately, when we come out of the waters of baptism, we're not just hundred percent, you know, all love and joy and peace and grace, right? It's it's a process. And and I think the tricky thing is it, it's through the spirit, it's not just me. Deciding I'm going to be a good person and I'm going to fix my life. Uh, there's plenty of self help that'll basically tell you to do that. And it just, it never fully works. And yet we don't, so there's that extreme. And yet we don't go too far to the other side of, well, if God's going to change me, then God can do it when God wants. All right. Uh, so it's participating in this. And so we're always trying to figure out the balance of, well, am I doing enough? But am I relying too much on myself? Am I listening to the voice of the Spirit? Or is this just me? It's something we're all trying to figure out, I think, every day. Uh, but it's, it is a slow process of, of growth. Right? But we do believe in transformation by the Spirit into the image of Christ. And it's not just kind of wait and then get to heaven and a, flip it, a switch is flipped. But we work towards it um, in little ways and bring more of heaven to earth as Jesus taught us to pray. So, yeah, thanks. Any other final thoughts? Okay, well, I think I set a record there, <laughs> We're, uh, breaking down uh, really complex topics, and then so next week, like I said, I'll try and cover the last two chapters, uh, but they all kind of go together as this final vision of the new Jerusalem, uh, new heavens and new earth coming together, and i wrap this up, and then uh, our plan is kind of kick off a summer series Thunder on... Uh, the Lord's coming back today. So I don't have to worry about the next one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you. Thanks, Lord. Uh, so I, at this point, I'm planning on doing Proverbs for the rest of the summer. Um, it's Wisdom is always needed. And that's also one where, you know, each week to week is kind of looking at a different subject. So if you miss one because you're traveling, uh, it, you don't have to kind of hear each week to get the, the story of it like you do with Revelation or others. So hope you look forward to that. And um, I will see you next time. Thanks, everyone.